from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. to another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. My name is Nathan King. Happy Friday, happy weekend, whenever you get around to this one. have our esteemed recruiting reporter, Christian Clemente, in here today. thought we'd do a little bit of a mailbag episode. Shot out something on our uh, on our message board today, asking for questions from you guys, just because uh, you know it's been not necessarily news eventful this week, um, but things are progressing both for basketball and football. Um, both in recruiting, obviously the transfer window closes up. We'll talk about that a little bit. And of course, basketball team has now won four straight games. So kind of wanted to gather everybody's thoughts and uh, see what everybody was most interested in at the moment. And so got a bunch of great questions that we're going to get to here. Uh, Christian, first of all, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say what Nathan didn't mention was, you know, Nathan's been studying these questions all day. He's been getting stats prepared. He texted me about five minutes ago, said hop on the podcast. Uh, we're doing a mailbag podcast, and you got to answer these questions. Just got home from a high school basketball game. So, you know, when Nathan brings out the stats and I bring out just the pure just dog answers with you know, nothing nothing else behind it, I, that's why. Wow. Lying. It's <laughs> not a great habit to get into. But tell us a little bit about that basketball game. Y'all were just at. Oh, yeah. No, Jason and I went to uh, Benjamin Russell against Chilton County. Uh, just quick 40-minute drive up 280. Benjamin Russell has Malcolm Simmons, the 2024 athlete, plays wide receiver and probably might be a cornerback at the next level. Auburn's been on him pretty heavily. Hasn't offered yet. He'll be at junior day. I'd probably expect an offer then. He's like a top 150 guy. And then Chilton County has Demarcus Riddick, who I believe is the number two player in the state of Alabama for the 2024 class, already committed to Georgia, um, but had some pretty good things to say about Auburn. We're talking about football guys, by the way. This is a linebacker. Um, just went to go and see them play basketball. But Demarcus Riddick had good things to say about Auburn. He'll be at Junior Day on the 28th. One of the biggest things, one of the biggest takeaways to me was just kind of he's like, you know, I don't have any hate towards Auburn. I like Auburn a lot. I've always liked Auburn. It's always been great when I go there. So I'm going to give this new staff a chance. Um, so pretty productive little night for Jason. And I went and saw a buzzer beater basketball game. So it was a fun little night. Pretty good time. And I understand uh, I understand Kirby, Kirby Smart and Jason are now best friends, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, Jason actually helped walk him out to his car um, and <laughs> made sure he got on the road safely. I here's the thing: like, obviously the sarcasm was detected early on, but that would that would not surprise me. Just in, in <laughs> no. the slightest. Anyone who knows Jason at all, uh, just about the, the the biggest social butterfly you'll uh, you'll ever meet. But all right, well let's uh, let's go ahead and fly into these questions. Going to go in order from uh, when we received them. On the message board. The first one is from C.A. Davidson, 293147. It says, are we going to see Westry, that's in Chance Westry, play significant minutes later in the season? Is the injury keeping him on the pine? Is he certain, near certain, excuse me, 
to return to Auburn next season. So yeah, Chance Westry has only played one minute. Of course, top former top 50 overall recruit. He's only played one minute in SEC play. It was against Georgia when he checked in with the you know with the walk-ons with the mop-up squad when Georgia was up like 12 late in that game. Other than that, he is not part of their rotation right now. Um, and I will just point something out. I was talking about this on the board today. I mean, he's he's uh, he's available. He, I mean, he's he's important in the scout team every day. Him and him and guys like Lior and Stretch. I mean, those those are important players on the scout team, and they go through it every single day. And so, you know, right now you have a situation where Auburn's two star-studded freshmen. Auburn's been used to having true freshman production. Their best player has been a true freshman the past three seasons: Isaac Okoro, Sharif Cooper, and Jabari Smith. So a little bit of you know uncharted territory for Auburn relative to the past few seasons, but they're they're two freshmen right now, just aren't giving them a ton. And for Westry, it's because he's coming off of that preseason knee surgery, um, and, and Bruce Pearl provided some more context to that last week, and that's what I'll get into here. And then Yoan Treor playing out of position from where he was in high school, and look, we see it in football football all the time, Christian. I mean, it's just some freshmen they're ready to go, and some of them it takes a little bit longer to click. And again, Auburn has been a little. Um, Auburn has been very, very lucky with some of the freshmen in basketball they've had recently with how fast they've they've been able to click. Um, I'm going to pull up this Westry quote. What are you going to say? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, the thing you have to keep in mind with both of these guys is Yohan, you know, he got a lot of preseason hype and for good reason, but you have to remember this is a kid who hasn't been playing basketball all that long, really at all. So adjusting to college basketball, let alone the SEC, is tough. And when you're talking about Chance Westry, you're talking about a guy that dealt with a pretty serious knee injury, tried to come back pretty quickly, and, you know, at that point, he had been playing three positions as a freshman. That's a lot to balance. Um, and and when you get kind of thrust back in, you're still trying to play three positions. I think Bruce even said at one point, he said, I might have put too much on his plate there. Um, and maybe I need to limit him, you know, to one spot. So um, it, it's just tough circumstances for both of these freshmen. I think they're still both very talented. Obviously, it's just a tough adjustment period. Yeah. And look, Auburn's, Auburn's fine without him. And I was talking about this with somebody today. If they needed Yoan Treor, like if they really, if they really needed him, wanted needs to rely on him as a scorer, that'd probably be bad. Then you're talking about people would be like, oh, he's a bust. Because you know, if he if he had to take like 10 shots a game and he's already not that comfortable and confident, that would be that that wouldn't be good for him, wouldn't be good for his development, wouldn't be good for his confidence. And right now you're at a point where just you know he's playing single digit minutes every night in the SEC so far. Right now he's just serving as rest for Jalen Williams. That's all he is. And honestly, and he, honestly, he's not detrimental to what they do on either side of the floor. It's just not necessarily giving you that much. But one to pull up this Chance Westry quote because it's the best one we've gotten from Bruce Pearl so far. This was last week. I'm just going to go in it verbatim. Um, he said, quote, Chance Westry offensively was, if not one of the best guards this summer. Did a great job coming in. Did a great job as a freshman. It's the very bit, then the very beginning of the semester, he hurt his knee. It's an old injury. So Bruce kind of added some context here. Old injury, his kneecap kind of dislocates. And we decided we're going to spend some time rehabbing it see if we can get it stronger to avoid surgery. We do that, and four weeks later, um, we just can't quite. It's still not right. So we decided to go ahead and have the surgery eight more weeks now. So now you've missed 12 weeks of fre- as a freshman in the fall. Comes back, and maybe I make the mistake of trying to play him at point guard. Um, but that was where he'd have been only at 10 minutes a game, and he wasn't ready. He's more ready now, but that doesn't mean I'm going to put him in right now. It's just hard to miss all those times, miss all those reps, and then put him in right now in the middle of the SEC. Um, so kind of like you mentioned, Christian, um, you know, that – a bunch of factors going in, but you know, to answer the question at the end of the day, ultimately here um, is the injury keeping him on the bench. No, uh, he, he, he kind of had a band on the back of his, on the back of his knee at practice the last few weeks that's gone now. Um, 
warms up just fine. I mean, again, he runs the scout team. He's playing basketball in practice every single day. Um, that's not what's keeping him on the bench right now. You know, you need that. You need somebody to fill in at the three with Chris Moore injured. Lior Berman is your better option right now. And he, I mean, he showed it last night against LSU eight points on three or four shooting. It's a veteran guy. And you know, that's, it's, it's interesting of course, to look at a walk on versus a, a guy who's a fringe five star, but you have to consider a lot of factors and he's the guy right now. Who's, who's going to give you those, those minutes that are lost by Chris Moore being injured. And so no, the injury is not keeping him on the bench. Are we going to see him play significant minutes later in the season? No. Again, he he could be barring, in the barring a change if, right, you know, if someone gets hurt or something like that. Correct. He, if if Bruce wanted him in the rotation right now, he'd be in there. And so, um, is he certain to return to Auburn next season? Yeah, I mean that's been the conversation of both these guys. Anytime you get a that a highly rated freshman that's not really playing that much, um, yeah, I mean there's no reason there would be no reason to think that both him and Johan aren't back. Um, I mean there's you could you could speculate and say oh they're not happy with playing time, but with 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 Johan, it's kind of like a, an understandable situation. And then with uh, with Chance Westry, it's injury related. So it's really not really no reason to to speculate or, or think that. And so, yeah, I wouldn't expect him to fill in. It's Lior Berman giving you that uh, giving you those minutes at the three spot. And so go on to our next question. Your great question, though. Um, A-U-S-O, A-U-S-O-M-2. Christian, that's the username. Are you sure this isn't <laughs> your burner? That's, that's the username <laughs> just for you. Uh, with winter workouts beginning, can you give us insight on Coach Stadzinski? I believe that's how you pronounce Stadzinski. His approach to winter workouts, especially with the advantages of the new facility and the equipment. Yeah, so he comes over from Liberty um, with Hugh Freeze. It's it's interesting, Christian. Everybody else like has either been officially hired or people have tweeted about them over a like a guy like Tanner Burns. I don't think he's been officially announced ever, but like it's very clear <laughs> he's been in the building a long time. Um, Stadzinski is like the guy who just really just kind of floated on in kind of under the radar. Um, you know, something important to note, I think is like, like when Harson came in and, and Jeff Pittman was his strength coach, every strength coach is the best strength coach ever when they take over a new program, especially one that's been a little bit down and out. I mean, I just remember the Pittman stuff is like, Oh, yes. change, change the culture in the weight room and blah, blah, blah. It's like, y'all, I mean, these are, these are, these are professionals. Um, this is an sec level, uh, this is an SEC program, obviously, that's going to have great strength training. But as as he mentions here, Christian, the facility does create a difference. So in terms of like individual stuff, obviously, that's that's not something we can necessarily speak to too much. But shoot, from when you and I and, and a bunch of other reporters got the tour of that facility, uh, if you're a new strength coach and you're coming to a new program, you are having a pretty good time <laughs> trying to figure out what kind of workouts you want to do because, man, they've got just about everything at their disposal in that in that facility. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, strength coaches vary. You know, there's similarities. Everyone's going to have little different variations. I think uh, – I don't remember what Pittman's kind of calling was. I want to say, Nathan, who was the strength coach before Pittman under Gus Malzahn that I'm – That's uh, Ryan Russell. Yes. Uh, I feel like he was known for more like speed stuff. Maybe I could be yeah. totally getting that wrong. Mm -hmm. but he was known no, for that. Right. I don't know what uh, – I've just been calling him stud. I don't know necessarily what his specialty is. Um, what I have heard just from like players and talking to them a little bit is – you know, Jason and I were talking with uh, Gardner Lanelow at one point. He said, "Look, we're going to be effing ripped under Stud." So that that's the one quote I've gotten on him. Um, so the players seem to like him so far. Um, I've seen, you know, I've seen those guys putting in a lot of work. The strength guys, that staff that he's put together um, there as well. So I, I don't know a lot of specific details about kind of what he does. It's just too early to know that to be able to kind of lay roots there and see what he does, but. The players seem to like him so far. At least one of the players does. 
yeah, I mean, like like we like we talked about, uh, you know, not necessarily knowing what his strengths are going to be, but we're going to figure that out more when we talk to players. Obviously, after winter workouts are over, as we record this right now on Thursday, they're in their second week um, of winter workouts with him and his uh, and his strength strength staff there. So, really good question. Next one, uh, sold my soul to Saban <laughs> asks. Any guesses as to whether or not Freeze will go after a quarterback after spring practice for insurance? Yeah, of course, Christian, this week, the uh, portal window closes. Um, and so they did not add quarterback Spencer Sanders. Uh, well, obviously, it was rumored to be in play with Auburn. He ends up joining a loaded Ole Miss room um, of, of quarterback transfers. Uh, yeah, Christian, I know the I know the short answer here is yes, but I, you, you can obviously speak more um, to the transfer window overall and, and what they might do at quarterback. Yeah, in terms of any guess, I've got a 100% certainty that Auburn will go after a quarterback after spring practice. It just comes down to who Auburn goes after and kind of what they want to fit in their system. And that'll be dictated a lot by guys, how Robbie Ashford, how Holden Gurner, even TJ Finley, how those guys perform in the spring um, and you know how comfortable Auburn feels and adding Hank Brown in the summer as well. I have zero doubt in my mind Auburn will get at least one quarterback you know, it could end up being like your Grant Loy or your Cord Sandberg, just your older veteran um, who brings experience to the room, can kind of run the scout team, can kind of be the backup. Or if Auburn feels pressure a little bit to go out and try and get you know, the name that's been floated on the board a bunch is a Brock Vandegrift from Georgia. Um, similar to that would have been like Walker Howard leaving LSU. Uh, you know, a guy who's been sitting on the bench for a little bit and was really highly ranked, but just hasn't had a chance to start yet. Um, so the sprain and how those guys perform will determine whether or not Auburn wants to go out and really go after a guy or if they just feel the need to bring in a backup who can compete with Robbie Ashford a little bit but might not be the guy you're fully counting on. I think the thing that Auburn's being really careful with is they want to they, they don't feel like they need to bring in a young guy um, or at least they're being careful about which quarterback they bring in. You know, keep in mind the guys that they really kick the tires on in this early window. Grayson McCall, one-year guy. They just get some unfortunate luck with him in terms of academics. Devin Leary, one-year guy. Kick the tires a little bit on Brennan Armstrong, one-year guy. Spencer Sanders, kick the tires a little bit, one-year guy. I don't know if Auburn really wants to bring in a young guy that kind of handicaps Robbie Ashford and Holden Gurner a little bit and handicaps the 2024 recruiting class a little bit as well. Auburn's after some heavy hitters there, and you know you have to be you have to be careful and balance it out a little bit. You can't can't totally load up on youngsters in that room yeah it changes your whole calculus if you're Hugh Freeze if you essentially retroactively add like a redshirt freshman because your quarterback room has already been set up you're already going class by class um, and you look at a guy like a Holden you know giving him an opportunity for the future I thought uh, I thought something Philip wrote about recently in his column was was uh, was a really good point saying you know talking about all the new recruits and transfers they got set and everyone's like oh it's a big deal oh this guy's a big deal well if someone's a big deal at one point they're probably a big deal a year later too and people were really excited to get a guy like Holden Gariner last year and if they think about if they picked up him now you know if he was a four-star quarterback commit now with the kind of arm and, and and the physical presence that he has people would be super fired up about it and so um yeah you know like you said rolling with those young guys moving forward it certainly seems like they they sort of have a blueprint for for what they would want. But uh, I think yeah. there's a lot more panic from Auburn fans than there is from inside the complex. Yeah, yeah, and they they've they've got pieces on the roster um, right now that they can work with, and they understand that there was a lot. I mean, 
Robbie didn't have a lot of things going for him last year, but there was there's also a lot of other issues this team had other than quarterback on offense. And you have, you know, it's I think we talked about this before on this show, but everyone kind of assumed early on in the transfer window that when they were in for McCall and they, when they were in for Devin Leary, it was like, Oh, you know, they, they need to bring in the superstar quarterback and that will attract transfers. And now look what they've done with the number two class in the country. They've, they've reversed that. They brought in pieces. They brought in three top 10 offensive linemen in the transfer portal rankings. They brought in a great running back. They brought in, you know, a, a depth guy at receiver. They've got, you know, a good playmaker at tight end. So now you've kind of reversed that to where like the question, you know, mentions after spring practices, you can kind of look at, you know, the, the, you know, the way the offense has been rebuilt. And if you're a quarterback, maybe it becomes a little bit more um, attractive of a destination. That's a really good question. MR Richie asks, what do you think the ceiling and floor are for the basketball team come March? I think that's a really good question at the point um, in the season. Cause we're now officially one third of the way through SEC play. Long way to go. This is, this is kind of a long season. It feels like it's been going for almost, still got 12 games left in the SEC. I, I perceive this as, um, come March, I perceive this as like, I guess, tournament run, but I'll, I also think maybe like seeding here would be the right way to go, like in terms of where this team is as a seed. And I want to get your thoughts on it as well, Christian. Um, you know, they've done, and Bruce Pearl talked about it on Tiger Talk tonight. He said, we've done what we need to do with the exception of the Georgia game. He understands this is a light schedule right now. He understands it's a backload schedule. But what are you supposed to do against lighter schedules? Well, you're supposed to beat the people in front of you. Um, I don't know if you caught any of that game last night, Christian. LSU is yeah, bad. Yeah. LSU's bad. <laughs> They're bad. Um, but you go and you know suffocate the life out of somebody on defense and win by 19 on the road against a bad team. That's what you're supposed to do. And and they looked pretty good on both ends of the floor in the process. They actually looked elite on defense in the process. And so Bruce was like, "Look, we've you know other than the Georgia game, which Georgia is definitely a lot more improved under Mike White. They've done what they need to do so far, and so." You know, so much of this team is going to depend. It's it's really a tale of two. It's an awful cliche, but tale of two halves in terms of the schedule. The first nine games, really pretty good. Auburn could be eight and one because you look at these next games. Um, they go to South Carolina, it's the worst team in the league. Obviously, they can they pop to beat Clemson, they pop to beat Kentucky, but for most of the season, they've been getting just wiped off their home floor. And then you play Texas A&M and Georgia at home, so you could easily start uh, start seven and one, eight and one in the league. So much of this depends on what they do down the stretch at the end of the season. But Christian, really, you know, looking at this, I feel like at the at the moment, you, know, you hold serve at home against all these teams you should beat. You go seven and one, eight and one. I know it's tough down the road. I know you play the Tennessees, the Alabamas, you got Kentucky on the road. If you just steal a couple of those down the stretch of the season, I don't know what you I don't know what you what your thoughts are on ceiling or floor. For me, floor, if you do that, five seed in the tournament, which is, which is spectacular for this team. Uh, I, you think the floor is five seed? Yeah, maybe, 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 a, maybe a six or maybe a six for the floor. I'm saying if I'm saying if they, Oh, okay. You're saying if yeah, they do okay. that. Obviously there are some things that could now, if you get to the back end of that schedule and you lose every game against Kentucky and Alabama and Tennessee, then you might be talking about, you know, maybe like a seven or an eight seed. And look, they, then they shouldn't consider this locked up. They are not a tournament lock at the moment. Again, they haven't played a bunch of really good teams in the SEC. But I think if they if they sort of you know get to 10 wins, 11 wins in the SEC, which they are tracking, they're just fine right now. Um, yeah, the floor, maybe a five or a six seed at the moment. OK, yeah, no, if they do that. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you. I was just thinking, you know, just 
worst case scenario. Sure, sure, sure. Floor sure. could be like eight, nine, somewhere in there. Yeah, I guess that's a better definition of <laughs> that's a better definition. <laughs> of more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, things could things could go sideways. You never know it, what's going to happen over the over the course of next month. Now you look at in, in bracket matrix right now, which combines like seventy plus brackets across the country and, and makes a makes a composite. Um, they're on the five line, and so uh, the thing about college basketball this season is there's really not a ton of elite teams. Like you look at the top of Ken Palm, top ten, it's like four losses, five losses, six losses. I mean, like it's not I, nobody is necessarily a world beater right now. Alabama might be, uh, might be the best team in the country. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, in terms of a ceiling, I mean, shoot, you win twelve SEC games, this team could be like a three seed, which. Well, for what they have on the roster right now, um, which is just a bunch of, I think, good, not great players who have a lot of experience, get that team that high, that would be a that would be a really big uh, really big season for Bruce. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Um, I don't even want to necessarily touch on floor for the tournament because the floor would be maybe missing it, but I don't yeah. necessarily mm-hmm. think that's going to happen. Ceiling-wise, for me, it's tough to necessarily see them pass the Sweet 16. I could see, like, Elite Eight. I, I just... For me, in all honesty, I've been I haven't watched nearly as much as you and Mark and the other guys on the site have that fully cover basketball. Um, but for me, I, I could see them maybe making the Elite Eight. I just I still need to see more offensively because I feel like that's kind of what dominates in March. Yeah, just, you get hot, which is possible for this team. They have guys that could get hot. I just I don't know. A lot of season left. Yes. A lot of season left. Twelve SEC games as we. Uh... As we look at it right now, but good, good thought experiment. Six games in. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the question. Another quick basketball related question. I'll get to real quick. Um, JWSAU Tiger 78 asks, what's the status on the basketball practice facility? The most recent update we got was a couple months, about a month into the football season. Um, we talked to Bruce before the season started and everything we understand right now is that, um, it is on a bit of a hold. Um, I still think like 2024 early 2025 um might be the might be where they're tracking right now just because when you looked at what their original goal was and then what the hold is right now that's kind of where it would put you but uh you know what bruce said in september october whenever we we talked to him was uh they wanted to prioritize nil he said look and and that's not surprising when you look at some of the recruitments that they've that they've uh that they've had over the past few years because bruce would be the first person to admit he's talked about it on the record he's like yeah we missed on a little more recruits than i'd like to over the past few years, and there's a there's a basketball recruiting question later on in here, you know, regarding Ace Bailey that we'll uh, that we'll talk about a little bit. But NIL is the name of the game in recruiting. Their facility is fine; it's not amazing. The biggest thing about their facility actually is probably for the current players, and that's something what Bruce talked about when he when he mentioned this a few months ago, you know, having to move practice because because volleyball has a practice because because you know there's a women's basketball camp because they have a camp and they don't have a full practice gym other than the one that's just attached to the arena um, that has a lot of amenities or anything like that, that they can go to. And so, um, you know, they're sharing, they're sharing that home floor with four different teams um, right now. And so when you get your standalone facility, look, that's something Bruce has wanted for a long time. Now he's got the lifetime contract in hand. They're kind of a perennial tournament team. It's like, all right, time to time to speed that up a little bit, but, Still probably a couple years away because again they are putting the priority on on NIL. Uh, one for you here, Christian, from our from our favorite guy UGA hater said, could y'all address the discrepancy in recruiting ratings and how different services approach star ratings? Also, doesn't there need to be a shift in how things are weighed with the portal? Christian, yeah. you can you can fly right in on that one if you'd like. Yeah. 
first one, you know, first off, you know, we're not necessarily involved with the actual ratings. Um, the, the main thing that we're able to do is, you know, we're boots on the ground. We can go and see guys maybe a little bit more, or, you know, we can go smaller high schools, whatever, you know, Jason and I are out at Booker T Washington and in Tuskegee watching a guy and we can, you know, we can message one of our national guys. Hey, you know, this is a guy that probably should get a ranking or something like that. Jason and I went to go see air Noland back in the summer. He was unranked in the 24 seven sports rankings at that time. Um, and quickly got a bump. We, you know, we messaged a couple guys, told some people about that in terms of what goes into the actual ratings. I'm going to be honest. I don't know all that much because I'm not involved in that process. I know a lot of it, you know, for certain sites, they rely on camps and, you know, guys coming in and, um, how they perform in camps, which I don't necessarily agree with because usually at camps they're in shorts and a t-shirt compared to actually watching them play football in pads. Um, and so, you know, I do know with 24 seven, they try and get as much actual game film going out to games. One of our ratings guys, Cooper Patagna that uh, lives in the Birmingham area, Jason and I ran into a game earlier this year. Uh, he was watching Quay Russo and James Smith play taking notes on them and then go into another game later that night as well. Um, and so, you know, I don't know how other sites necessarily do it quite that much, but that's just kind of roughly what goes into the ratings. Um, I know those guys have a lot on their plate in terms of there's a lot of guys you have to keep track of um, in terms of shifting how things are weighed with the portal. Um, Nathan, it, I'm not fully understanding the question is UJ hater. Do we want to interpret it as how high school players are rated? I think he's saying I think he's saying, you know, because there has been a lot of talk maybe in the near future with how big the transfer portal is now, just combining it, just combining your high school class with your transfer class because of how uh, much of an impact they make. And that's something um, that our our national team, specifically Bud Elliott, mentioned it in his uh, in his blue chip rating. I remember this past offseason saying, you know, transfers don't count in this, but they will soon just how there might be a point where those two things kind of get blended together, but 24 seven actually does give you the option of blending them together. It's, I don't think that gives a very accurate display. I think you should look at one or the other because of how different they are. Obviously Auburn's got a top 20 recruiting class under Hugh freeze for 2023. And they have the number two transfer class in the country. I don't even Christian. I couldn't even tell you because I, you know, we know, we know those numbers by heart pretty much all the time. I couldn't even tell you what they're combined thing is with the transfer class um right now it's just not necessarily the most relevant i will say to your to your first point you know we have seen not going to name any names or anything like that but we have seen more specifically you know you have you have seen you and the recruiting guys you know ratings change recruitments completely change in terms of a green light or a red light for a recruit based on oh they, they did this in a camp or they're, they're this highly rated recruit and then the lights actually come on in the season. And like you said, you're actually seeing them go against other good players during the season. Things change pretty quickly. Oh, all of a sudden this guy doesn't necessarily have it. So, you know, like you said, you can be a great athlete um, at camp. And I will say too, you know, we're, we're fortunate enough. 24 seven has a great um, scouting team and, and a great team that does those ratings. And you know, I, I don't, it might be the most, you know, obviously when you talk about the composite, you're talking about 24 seven rivals and, and on three, you know, if it, if it's not the biggest, team that does that it, it's it's close to it um and so you know there's also that benefit of as opposed to maybe you don't have as many guys in a certain region of the country you see a guy a year ago you haven't seen him in a year and a half you don't have as many reporters on the ground like you talked about saying hey actually this guy can't block a defensive lineman to save his life 
Um, and he's, you know, not as athletic as, as you thought he was. And those ratings kind of just become stale. So we, we've, we've, we've seen that over time, not a perfect science, but of course, when you look at the best teams in the country, um, it's proven to be recruiting ratings have proven to be pretty accurate over the years. So, um, thanks so much for that question. That's, that's a really good one. He also added one on here at the end. Uh, who is your favorite peanuts character? Christian, I, I, I want you to not look up anything and tell me the name of two characters from peanuts. Uh, Snoopy and Charlie Brown. Okay. I should have said three. Can you name three? Uh, is it Lucy? Okay. Yeah. You're, you're cooking. That's, that's all I've got in the tank though. <laughs> is, is, well, is the, are the, if those are your only three, I guess you have to pick from one of those. My, my favorite would be, would be Schroeder. Uh, the guy who's just the guy, you know, the, the, the scene, the scene. He's playing the song. I don't know the name of the song, like the Charlie Brown song. And they're all dancing on the floor. And there's a guy just shredding on the piano okay. in the background. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I and, never and he's name, just but... like headbanging and going nuts. Yeah, that's my that's my favorite guy. Because I was a band guy who played instruments. So I got into it. So he's yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, I guess I'd probably go Snoopy. He seems like a pretty big vibes dog. Um, so I like that. He is chilling. He is chilling most of the time. Most of the time he's just on top of that. On top of that little red house. I can see you doing that. That was you after spending like 100 hours in the complex <laughs> last week. Just coming home, getting on the roof, be like, yeah, don't uh, <laughs> don't call me for a couple of days. Uh, Meredith Tiger one. Uh, I love I love that it's who y'all think <laughs> are the top two quarterbacks and running backs in the 2024 class for Auburn. Christian, that's all you, buddy. Yeah, uh, quarterback number one by a wide margin. We've talked about him a lot on the board, on podcasts, YouTube videos, stuff like that is Walker White. Um, we visited this past Monday on MLK Day. Um, all indications seem that the visit went really, really well. Um, Auburn's going to have to absolutely paddle for this kid. Every, just about every school in the country wants him. The main, main competition seems like it'll be Clemson. I view it as an Auburn-Clemson battle right now. He's definitely one. Uh, number two right now seems like it might be Jake Merklinger, who was reoffered on Wednesday. Um, one of the top quarterbacks there in Georgia at a Calvary day. Um, and he was a, he was offered by the previous staff, never really a lot of traction there, which kind of adds up. Um, but so Auburn reoffers him kind of that dual threat guy a little bit, maybe a little less than Walker white, but he's got good speed. The other quarterbacks, I know uh, Meredith only said two, but still keeping an eye on Aaron Oland. I know he's a hot name on the board. People want to know about him. He hasn't reported that he's been reoffered yet. He's still planning to come to junior day. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, and then Texas Tech commit Will Hammond was offered by the staff as well. So there's kind of four quarterbacks to keep an eye on with all eyes really on Walker White. Um, running backs, right now the two that I'm mostly keeping an eye on are two in-state guys, Jamarian Burnett out of Andalusia. Big physical back. Uh, his nickname is Fat with a P at the beginning instead of an F. Um, and he is he looks like a mini Derrick Henry when he runs, to be honest. He wears Derrick Henry's number. And he's listed at like 6'1", 215. I think he's a little bigger than that, to be honest. Uh, he is terrifying when he's running at you. I can tell you that because he got pushed out of bounds directly at me. Um, and it was a scary sight. And then the other one I'd keep an eye on as well is Kevin Riley out of the Tuscaloosa area. Kind of a, I don't want to say late riser, but really, really popped on the scene this fall. Um, picked up probably like 10 offers in the span of a week. All of them being big power five offers. So those are some names that... Uh, quarterback and running back that we're following right now every sport has their big juicy controversy boxing has the mike tyson ear bite cycling has lance armstrong baseball has its steroid era curling has 
Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I have some live, uh, not breaking news, but I have a live update for you here. Okay. Um, Gonzaga just lost. Do you know what that means? Tell me about it, Nathan. Uh, it means Auburn now. Auburn now has the longest home winning streak in college basketball because Kentucky go. was ahead of them. They lost earlier in the season, and I was looking at you know you, people looked at Gonzaga and they were they were at seventy four at the time, and now they were at 75. 75 game home winning streak. And you look at who they play every year, and it was like mm, uh, Auburn. Auburn's at twenty eight after beating Mississippi State on Saturday. It's like, they, lose to? they lost to Loyola Marymount. That's a bad look for yeah. the brand over there. It is not a is not a fantastic look. And yeah, and that's the thing, man. The Zags just didn't lose at home. They normally don't even get competed with at home. Sometimes they'll go on the road in that in that conference and lose. But um, yeah, as we're recording this right now, uh, Auburn at twenty eight games now has the longest home winning streak um, in college basketball. That's, Fire up those social media graphics. That is yes, get them ready. That's uh, that's just that's pretty crazy. Um, so if you're if you're listening to this on on Friday, you probably already know that. But we are we are seeing it live. Um, Christian, sort of related question here, talking about transfers and talking about the rating question a little bit. Um, Bubba B A T O M Bubba Batom, uh, two thousand three. When will Austin Keys get a transfer rating? Of course, that is the Ole Miss transfer, and the reason I think he's probably asking is because of the comment you made um, a while ago that they could possibly get the number one class in the transfer rankings. Yeah, transfer rankings, you know, it's still kind of a work in progress. Um, again, you know, I'm not involved directly in that process. You know, we have a team dedicated just to transfer rankings. Um, and from what I've been told, it's a much more thorough and composite process um, than some the way some other sites rank transfers and just kind of tossing a number on them based on their production and moving forward. And we try and value their production, obviously, how many years you can get out of them kind of their high school ranking as well. Um, and so it's a little bit more of a thorough process. Um, I know the team is going through different schools today. I saw in the Slack that they were talking about going through Duke's transfer class. Um, and so it's, you know, they're working down the thing. And, you know, the thing that they reminded me as well when I was asking about them, uh, about different players is, you know, it's great to have the number two class right now. Um, and people are obviously keeping an eye on that. But the transfer portal process is not finished on January 19th when we're recording this. It's a thorough, long process. You know, the next transfer portal window is May 1st through the 15th. Um, and so, and that's just when players can enter. Guys don't necessarily have to be enrolled until like August for fall practice. So, and we won't get a true idea um, about Auburn's class and how it actually finishes in terms of you know, where they stand, probably until like August. Um, in terms of the actual question, Austin Keys get in transfer rating. All of that was to answer that I don't know, but I would expect it to be within the next couple of days here. Question here from 
Stuart CA 29. So we referenced this a little bit earlier. What is Bruce Pearl's recruiting plan for 23 portal heavy or high school? Um, I'm getting a little bit more for just to be honest, um, because for next year, you ain't and a guy like Jalen Williams and Alan Flanagan can take a COVID year. Um, so I would say for 23 at the current moment, I don't know if you're really looking to add anybody and you've got Aiden Holloway. Of course, he's a, he's a fringe five-star, one of the best point guards in the country. In the composite. Um, so his five-star in the composite. So, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're, you're kind of looking at high school or transfer, you, you maybe would say portal a little bit more um, just because looking at what they need. You know, I would say portal here because, you know, and even if it's one and one, you know, but they're not going to need, they're not going to need a bunch of additions. Now, like we referenced earlier, a couple guys leave the team that you don't expect to, a couple guys transfer out, then that changes. Um, and it changes probably more in the portal sense. But um, I wanted to use this question to talk about the 2024 because that's that's a recruiting class. It's been anticipated for a while. It's It's been one that's been talked about. It's like, hey, Auburn has done a good job setting up roots with a lot of these prospects. Um, Georgia's very fertile. Uh, you know, Alabama's got some good players and really just overall, it seems like Auburn has an opportunity to have a good class there. They already have landed um, somebody. It was, let me see, it was last month, I believe. Yeah. Early last month was when they picked up Peyton Marshall. Um, he was top 50 overall recruit, number 11 center in the country, uh, six foot 11, 310 pounds. Uh, if you've ever, if you ever just want to watch fun high school basketball highlights, uh, watch a guy like Peyton Marshall, but, but that was a good, good work by Pearl and his staff. Um, to close him out, they would also like uh, a point guard and then kind of a you know slashing scoring wing um, in that class as well. Their number one overall target, like like you know pull out all the stops to get him, um, was Ace Bailey, who is now currently a five star from McEachern High School. Of course, that's where Auburn got Isaac Okoro. That is where Auburn got Sharif Cooper. It's also where they got Stretch Akinbola. Um, but Ace Bailey is now committed to Rutgers, and so out of the blue. Out of, a little bit out of the blue, you know, is one of those things where it even surprised like national basketball recruiting guys. They were kind of they're kind of scrambling there. Um, you know, Rutgers has a good program. Rutgers have, you know, I had somebody ask me last week. Um, we're at we're at Bruce's press conference. I can't remember who was asking me before we started. It's like, what you know, what what's Rutgers like? Why is Rutgers? Well, I mean, they they've been a top twenty five program for the past couple years. Um, the name escapes me. They also picked up somebody a couple years ago that Auburn was, was that, in was on that center. Yes, correct. Um, um, the name escapes me at the moment, but if you if you know who I'm talking about and you're listening, you know who I'm talking about Cliff Omoriori. Um, yes, Cliff. Cliff. Yeah, he had an awesome name. Um, yeah, so they picked up him as well. I think they've got a good NIL thing going there. It's just a good program. It's just it's a also a program. good school as well. It's a good school, healthy program right now. Uh, they have one of the best. Talking about Auburn's home winning streak, Rutgers apparently has an awesome has an awesome arena. Um, and just overall is a great is a great program at the moment. All that is to say, this ain't over with Ace Bailey. No. Is, when you lose your number one, like head and shoulder, when you lose the head and shoulders number one, he commits somewhere else. Unless there are circumstances that make it so, like you're not cutting that cold turkey. Like you're you're going to keep uh, pushing there, and it just makes a lot of sense because of because of where he's from. Uh, Anor Botang is a guy though that I think is probably their number two in terms of that that slashing, scoring small forward. Um, we have him rated as the number fourteen small forward in the country. Visited a couple weeks ago. Um, he's from Little Rock. Sorry, I cut you off. No, I was just gonna say him and like Cam Scott are two. Cam of those Scott. Kind of, Cam Scott is who, kind of a shooting guard a little bit, maybe yes. small forward. So Cam Scott, who will be committing um early next month, early in February. Uh, they had a lot of great visits 
this fall, Auburn did. And you kind of look at that crop of four or five guys and you say, if you're Auburn, let's pluck two of those. Again, you'd like a point guard um, and you'd, a guard, you know, maybe a combo guard who can handle the ball as well. Because you will have you will have Aiden Hallway, but maybe he's maybe he's a one and done. Maybe he's a two and done kind of guy. Um, and then you'd like a scorer. So a Noah Botang um, is from Little Rock. Obviously, West Flanagan has great connections there. As I understand it, he talked about it a little bit after his visit uh, to Sean London for, for the national team. Did a story on him a while ago. Two, Auburn was in very early on him. Sounds familiar. They've done that pretty well with a bunch of recruits over the past few years. Um, another guy talking about point guard. Got a jersey, number two point guard in the country in the 2024 class to Han Pettiford. Um, they also had him on campus. Apparently, Pettiford, Ace Bailey, and Peyton Marshall are all all know each other pretty well. And so that's why people, you know, you get paid Marshall on board. And he he's talked he talked about openly before. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna start recruiting these guys. Uh, that was sort of the dream trio of Auburn. Bailey quote off the uh you've got number six point guard in the country, Labar and Phelan, who I want them to get him just because he has an awesome name. Um, <laughs> another really, really good player. Him and if you watch him and uh, if you watch him and Pettiford, pretty, pretty similar um, type players. Guys who have pretty decent size for point guard guys who can score. Um, so you know the, the question overall: What is the recruiting plan for twenty three? Going to probably end up, I would imagine, just a couple transfers if you need them. If maybe just one transfer to complement Aiden Holloway, and then for twenty four, keep an eye out because once it fully shifts to that, um, they really. I, I I I hesitate to say need, but Bruce Pearl has said like he's like man, it's frustrating me missing on some of these guys. So they this is the class, and they've been looking forward to it for a long time. This again, four, five, six players. You kind of look at this this little group that they've done a great job of recruiting. They want to get a couple more guys out of this because they they've put in so much effort with these. I mean, Ace Bailey was on campus at Auburn like three times over this course of like two and a half months, um, and then he and then he immediately commits to Rutgers. So. Just you know, a bunch of those factors make me think that this this probably isn't over. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, it's they're not you never give up on a recruit until they sign, and you know, unless you decide you don't want them anymore. But Auburn still wants Ace Bailey. Yeah, and if you again, if you want to have some fun, go watch uh, go watch Ace Bailey and go watch Peyton Marshall um, as well. Quick one here, Tiger Tez says, Nathan, you do a Q and A with the South Carolina beat writer for this weekend's game. Who are you going to pick to win? Asking for a friend. Yeah, I was getting I was getting my slightly cooked. I really don't like to pick football games. I'll pick all day long. It's football. Like I feel like you can really go into the matchups. College basketball sometimes it's like yeah, if they play badly, they're going to lose. If they play well, they're going to win. Like it just I, Loyola Marymount beat Gonzaga tonight. Like who was <laughs> like I'm picking I'm picking the Catamounts. Like I'm give me the I'm Catamounts. A, like give me the give me the headgear. Like no, no one like is <laughs> legitimately going to be like. Yeah, I think they're a better team, like, you know, and go through the matchups and stuff. Um, but anyway, the, the LSU 24-7 guy, we did our Q&A exchange. He asked me who he thought was going to win the game. Um, of course, I, you know, I thought it was a better team. LSU just got, you know, baptized in Tuscaloosa. But I was like, you know, you look at these next four games. Um, these are all very, these are all very winnable SEC games for Auburn. My thought process, it's very arbitrary. And, it, and it, I will see how much sense it actually made. I was like, you know. I don't know if this team's consistent enough to to sweep this. You know, it's like, oh, you have these four games you should win. Is Auburn going to go through and just like get all of them and start eight and one in the league? I was kind of like, eh, like, I think maybe they'll slip up like once. And then I'm looking at them like, hey, on the road at LSU, you know, probably not the two home games, probably not South Carolina. I was like, you know what? Give me LSU that just got embarrassed. 
you know, coming back, having a little bit to fight, you know, to fight for. Best three-point shooting team Auburn has faced so far in SEC play. You know, give me LSU to kind of bounce back on their home floor, make Auburn go back to the drawing board a little bit and be like, all right, here's what we need to clean up. We can we we can quickly get back on another three-game winning streak in the SEC. You know, obviously I looked like a look like an idiot because Auburn went out there and just you know, beat the brains out of him in the second half. Um, so yeah, so nice little so yes. Uh, I will be picking I will be picking Auburn. Tiger Toast, to answer your question, Nathan's gonna put on his South Carolina Gamecocks hoodie. Um, and he's gonna pick the Gamecocks to win. Give me the Cox. You can quote me on that. Uh, <laughs> RDW75 says, who do you think would start at center in football if we played today? All right, ready, Christian? Three, two, one, Avery Jones. Avery Jones. Yes, correct. Uh, we talked about this on podcasts a couple episodes ago. Significant upgrade over, over Tate Johnson. I, I realistically think Connor Liu would have been the starting center if you didn't get Avery Jones. I still think there's a possibility, you know, Avery Jones played guard at East Carolina. Auburn could put Connor Liu there at center. I think a more realistic thing, Connor Liu could play guard. I would not be surprised after talking to a couple people, you know, if Auburn doesn't get another guard, if Connor Liu really competes for a starting guard spot, you know, put him next to Avery Jones, let him watch Avery Jones run the show there at center for a year, and then Connor Liu takes over in year two. I think that's a very strong possibility. We ran through it before, but to to bring up the PFF numbers again, uh, pass pro quarterback pressures allowed. Center is usually not a position you're going to like see a lot of that. It's usually the tackles have to deal with all the you know the guys who are pure pass rushers. Yeah. Uh, Tate Johnson in less than four games allowed eight quarterback pressures and three sacks on a, on a or yeah less than four games as I said. That's 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 a pretty that's a pretty bad average. Um, and then obviously he got injured. Uh, Avery Jones allowed only one sack all season. Um, two years of experience. Again, group of five, uh, but it's power six, baby, American Conference. And so, you know, a couple years, a couple years of experience for him. And the year before that, he's a three year starter. Somebody the other day was like, two year starter. He started left guard the year before that. And so, uh, yeah, that's a pretty big, that's pretty good, pretty big upgrade. We talked about it on the, uh, you know, talking about the most important transfers. Um, and he was my guy for right now because, uh, yeah, I think, I think you really, really needed to upgrade that center spot. Don't have Nick Brahms around anymore to, uh, you know, to, to fly you home in a in <laughs> in a sense, and so uh, yeah, so you you really needed something there, and I think Avery Jones is is the guy they needed. Tiger AU, when it's more expected back, Chris Moore, uh, Bruce Pearl said tonight. Let me go see on Tiger Talk. He said earlier in the day uh, we were driving back from Baton Rouge, didn't make it to his just afternoon press conference, but he said like he's doing better, he'll be back soon. And then on Tiger Talk, he said he'll be back in about a week or so. Hmm. So obviously he separated his shoulder. He's really missed three games. So he separated his shoulder less than three minutes into the Ole Miss game. Uh, obviously had the sling on it. He does not have the sling on it anymore, as we recorded on Thursday. He didn't this week in practice. He did not in Baton Rouge yesterday. He was moving around really well. He was he was warming up, but just kind of casually. Like he never dressed out. He was in sweats the whole time. Um, but he didn't have the sling on. He was getting shots up. And so um, I know a lot of people were really kind of worried about that because as I understand it, a separated shoulder can be something you you fix pretty quickly and you can heal pretty quickly or if it's bad enough i mean i, I i'm just you know, internet doctors um but i saw like 12 weeks somewhere and so you know that i, I mean, feel like all you know, with basketball and shooting it realistically sure. it seems like a troublesome injury it's his right shoulder he's a right-handed shooter it's his right shoulder so i mean it's it's you know it's it's not an insignificant injury so yeah as we record this on thursday bruce said tonight quote in a week or so so maybe that puts him home for maybe that puts him back honestly for the for the sec big 12 challenge which is not this saturday but next saturday at west virginia 
Uh, West Virginia is a physical team in the, there in the Big 12, so maybe you need a guy like him back. But again, like we talked about earlier, Leor Berman, not doing too bad. When when your walk-on minutes that you have to just kind of thrust in the lineup are not detrimental and he's not a liability on either end of the floor, that's, that's really, really good. It's eight points for him on three or four shooting against LSU. So yeah, Chris Moore should be back soon. Really big news for them. Uh, AU Shug, we got two more left here. AU Shug 87. Uh, how much ground is Freeze made up in regards to the upcoming season? A lot. With Bama and Georgia coming to Jordan Hare, has Freeze put Auburn in a position to pull major upsets? That's a good two-parter. Uh, Christian, obviously, I'll let you let you take the take the most of this here. But yeah, I mean, in terms of what he's done in the past month and a half, it's it's been big, and it's been big in places where it's specifically been needed. Yeah, I think Jason put it the best, so I'm just going to quote him. You know, he said he gave Auburn a chance. Auburn has a chance now. Auburn didn't have a chance before Hugh Freeze. Auburn's roster didn't have a chance. You didn't have two offensive tackles on your roster. You didn't have enough defensive linemen to even go out there and play on your roster. You, you just didn't have those guys. You didn't have the linebackers you needed. You, you, you had so many needs, um, and Hugh Freeze and Auburn, this Auburn staff, have given Auburn a chance. You know, In terms of being able to pull an upset, it's way too early to tell for me because – not only do you are you going to have like 40 new players, not only are you going to overturn like half your roster, everybody's going to be learning a new system. You're going to have to figure out how they mesh together. There's so many moving pieces. Maybe you catch lightning in a bottle like LSU or like some of these other teams. Even Florida State's been successful in the portal and turning things around kind of quickly. Um, but um, he's given Auburn a chance to be able to do those things. That's the way I would put it. Schedule's not bad. It's the schedule works out okay for you. Um, you know, they're non-con. They should win all four of those games. Definitely. You just Kevin yeah. Cal like that? Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was not a bowl. It was not a bowl roster by any means beforehand. Everything they had to replace on defense. Um, by the way, I should mention really quickly, Owen Papo is going to miss senior bowl. Uh, just a very slight newsy thing. In terms of, I, I don't know why it just popped into my head. Uh, he has an injury. You know, people just need to people need to chill out and and stop being the worst. I saw multiple comments say they're like, "Oh, another injury, shocker!" I'm like, well, that's just an awesome way to really look at a guy who gave four years of being a starter, not four full seasons, but four years of being a starter, a two time team captain, to be like, "Oh wow, he's never going to play in the league because he got injured again." It's not even an injury he ever had at Auburn, so. I'll just go touch some grass. I'm telling you, Owen Papo is might end up being Auburn's. Well, he'll be behind Derek Hall probably. He could be Auburn's first or second highest overall draftee because he is going to kill that combine. And in the right system, Owen Papo is a great player. He has uh, not been in the right system at all. Yeah, no, no, no. He, yeah, at the combine, he could like he could be the dude at the combine. Uh, I mean, he owns several Georgia like weightlifting and like all kinds of these. You know, tests. He owns. He owns a ton of those records. There's, he was a five star for a reason. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the season, like I didn't. I mean, with everything they had to replace on defense, this was not a six and six team. It's not a six and six roster. Still, I think a quarterback. You know, would make you feel a lot better, even if it's not like a huge starting. You know, splash guy. Um, I know you love. The, I know you love the term splash. You'd like to have somebody to back up. You know, you just don't know what you're getting out of Holden Gurner, and you'd yes. like to have somebody to back up Robbie Ashford because you know, even if he's the guy. He plays very physical. He gets hit a lot. He mm. said that he played through a lot of injuries in the 2022 season. You'd like to have a guy who, if he does get hurt, and if it's even more serious, you know, than like last year, that you can move on to and feel good about, you know, coming in and playing. I think uh, you should. I think the answer 
is more in your question. You said, put Auburn in a position. He has put them in a better position to be more competitive in more SEC games next year. Long way to go. We're in the middle of January. Um, but man, this roster was in a bad spot. I mean, we were talking about it like middle of last season. The season was still going and the train wreck had just begun. Um, <laughs> and and we were like, you know, guys, this is pretty bad, but uh, it could be worse next year. It's not that's not a very uh, it's not a very encouraging thought. But yeah, they've done they've done about as best a job as as you could do. And again, it's been at spots, O line, D line, a um, couple other positions that they they really needed. And then the last one, Bubba Bubba Batome. Uh, has another one. He said, will, will fans be able to meet the team on an A day this year? It's something me and my family was looking forward to. Not necessarily a football question, but something I would like to know. Uh, a day is on April 8th, um, which is great. It's a couple week, it's a couple weekends before Alabama's A day. I saw Alabama announced theirs, and I was like, wow, I really hope Auburn's is not that late. Well, it's great if you're not a golf fan, Nathan. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I just don't watch boring sports, so it works out. Uh, it works out for me, but <laughs> it'll go over super well with our demographic. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, long, long, short, long slash short answer, uh, you know, different staffs and different like external affairs. People manage a day different, different ways. Yeah, they had COVID um, like I think, you know, you know, it's like Brad LaRondo did a lot of the organizing for wanting like fan events in the spring, but I don't think they had the meet the team thing last year, even though no. they had fan. So it's like just focusing on different things. It honestly all just depends on what they decide to do. COVID should not. I mean, it, I haven't seen COVID really have much of an effect on any of Auburn's planning of anything in the past year. No, no. Um, I was just so, referring to previous years. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, I understand. But yeah, I'm just saying like, that's, I think maybe there's a little bit of that undertone here of like, you know, is, is that something we're going to get back to doing? Um, to be honest, I don't know. I would say be on the lookout for more information because Auburn's release on a day was very bare bones. And then it was very bare bones in the fact of, Hey, here's the date. And that was, here's a, the date and a picture of Hugh freeze. Like, I mean, they were like, you know, TV time, ticket information, you know, festivities, all that kind of stuff is going to be uh, well, TBD. So that, that's like all the time they've had to actually be able to plan because these coaches have been recruiting out on Correct. the road. So, you know, they have, these guys haven't even really talked football that much. So Shoot. yeah, I was glad they even did it. Yeah, I was yeah, glad so, they even announced it. Yeah, eventually we'll get to that point, um, and obviously we'll report that on the site once we get that news. My guess would be that they'd like to be able to do that, mm-hmm. um, but you know we'll just kind of have to wait and see. I think the one thing that kind of complicates things is like almost nil in a sense for you know players signing stuff like that. I don't know. That's just thinking out loud. Sure, sure. Saying that, um, but I know these players are all really high character guys. They love to meet with fans, talk with fans talk with reporters even. So I'd imagine they'd like to be able to do that. And I would venture to guess they'll try to do that. Hugh Freeze has a good understanding of trying to connect to a fan base. It's a seemingly uh, much better understanding, at least so far than, than Brian Harson did. And so um, maybe you see that kind of bleed over in, in this sort of a sense, but uh, yeah, well, we successfully answered a question that we don't really know anything about for about four minutes. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was a pretty impressive job by us, but uh all right, everybody, we're at, we're at uh, pushing about an hour here, but that was really fun. We appreciate you guys uh, send those in. Maybe we'll maybe we'll crank those out a little more often. It gives us an opportunity to kind of flesh out our thoughts on uh, on things that have been going on that aren't necessarily like groundbreaking, but are still important on, in both basketball and uh, and football. So, Christian, unless you have anything else to add, I might uh, might go ahead and call it there. So, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, if you're a subscriber and you listen to this and got to the end of it. 
which I don't know why you go back and do it anyway, but um, I am going to, I promised, you know, I, I would write out our answers. Might not write out verbatim answers, uh, but, you know, give people a written Q&A for, uh, for this as well. So hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, and thanks to all, our, all of our subscribers on the message board who uh, left us questions to answer. So for Christian Clemente, I am Nathan King. We'll see you guys over at auburnundercover.com. Leave us a five-star review. That's the number one thing that helps us out. Bumper music, Beats by Mordecai. Follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. We'll catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy your weekend. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.